Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to Hey, Great Shot. This is the Great Shot Podcast, a Crack Rackets and Tennis Channel Podcast Network production. My name is Alex Gruskin. It's Monday here on the Great Shot Podcast feed. All of you listeners know what that means. Another ATP Challenger-centric episode of the show hosted by our friends Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. And of course, all of us preoccupied last week with the second week of Wimbledon, all of the drama that unfolded in Novak Djokovic winning Grand Slam number 20 in Ashley Barty winning major number two of her career. But of course, while we were doing that, Damian Jakob locked into the action happening elsewhere in the tennis world. On today's episode, they're going to talk about the maiden titles won on the Challenger Tour this past week by Daniel Altmaier, Tomas Echeverri. They're going to talk about the South Americans having some fun in Salzburg. They're also going to explain why grass is not the only surface tennis players have slipped on here in this 2021 season. It is a Another fantastic episode that I know all of you listeners are going to enjoy, of course. Before we get to that, just a couple of notes for all of you. A, if you missed out on any of that 2021 Wimbledon action, you can catch up on it all on our website, crackrackets.com. We have mini-break podcasts recapping each day of the event. If you haven't yet, you can go hear our men's final recap on the mini-break feed today. Of course, we will also have Great Shot podcasts breaking down the biggest storylines from the event, previewing the upcoming summer hardcore will have great shot podcast forecasting all of that as well throughout the week you can find all of that content on our website crackrackets.com there's going to be a healthy mix of articles in the week as this week as well i know damien's got one coming we've got a couple of other writers in the queue as well so be on the lookout for all of that content of course the reason we're able to provide content here on this great shot podcast feed so frequently mix up what we're able to do as well we hope all of you enjoyed the ace of the day segments throughout Wimbledon. If that's something you would like us to continue to do in the non-Grand Slam events at Crack Rackets, at Great Shot Pod, tweet that at us. I promise you if we get, I will say three tweets asking for it, we will immediately bring that segment back. Maybe not every day, but maybe two, three times a week. So again, We are taking requests here at CRHQ. Let us know if that is what you are looking for. But of course, here on the Great Shop podcast feed, we would not be able to do anything without the support we get from all of you listeners, from our Crack Rackets Patreon family, and of course, from our friends at Turn of Tennis. It's the best grip in the business. You've heard me say it all before. It gets tackier when you sweat. It's performance in the hot and humid conditions we see, particularly in the summer, are unmatched. And, of course, it comes in an iconic trademarked blue color. You can join the Turner Tennis family today by contacting sales at uniquesports.com or calling 800-554-3707. You mentioned we here at Crack Racket sent you. They'll hook you up with discounted college pricing. They'll hook you up with, uh, I mentioned the pricing, free 
samples as well. Leave all of that in, Westoff. I apologize. Every so often, my brain short circuits. You know what never short circuits? Our friends at Turner Tennis, that grip, consistently excellent. And again, we are so grateful for their continued support. The least we can do is ask you to support them as well. Contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. With that in mind, another ATP Challenger-centric edition of the show with host Damian Kust and Jakob Bobro. Westoff, roll that episode. Who's your trusted source when it comes to your facility questions, concerns, and needs? Ours is Hard True, the world's largest manufacturer of tennis court surfaces, equipment, and accessories for over 90 years. Partner with their trusted team of experts, along with collegiate greats Jamie Loeb, Alex Rybakov, and Dustin Taylor to bring the service provider of over 30 professional events annually to your facility. Whether it's the red clay of the Houston ATP, the green clay courts of the Charleston WTA, or the official hard court of World Team Tennis, Hard True has you covered. If you're looking to build a court, convert a hard court to clay, or simply resurface your hard court, work together with Hard True in their mission to lead the tennis industry by creating better places to play. To learn more about their state-of-the-art surfaces, along with their catalog customizable on-court accessories, check out hardtrue.com or call 877-442-7878 today. That's hardtrue.com or 877-442-7878 today. Uh, so hello and welcome to the next episode of the Chanted Podcast. I am once again joined by my friend Jakub, who actually got a point in our predictions game this week. Woo! <laughs> I mean, uh, we definitely, uh, I was definitely impressed with that peak before it happened because because that was that was someone we talked about a lot on this on this podcast. Yeah. And it turned out that you were exactly right, pinpointing the exact week where he's gonna win his first. <laughs> You know, I mean, when you're such an incredible professional uh, as I am, it's, <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, I mean, Echeverri, he's been somebody who we talk about a lot. I've, I've seen him in semifinals a lot. Uh, he's, he's been sort of reaching that stage a lot recently. So, and I didn't feel like Perugia, that field had like a flat out favorite. So I just went for somebody who's been getting there. Maybe he has a breakthrough and, and he did in the end. So kind of, kind of lucky with that one, <laughs> but... <laughs> Anyhow, it's it's three points to two right now. I'm still yes. leading, but it's not comfortable. Like the, this two-point lead, <laughs> I felt like in a week, you're not going to get that back. But right now, it's anyone's game, so I'm going to have to step up. Uh, my predictions this week are going to be a bit weird, so maybe I'm not stepping up. But anyhow, maybe you can start with Perugia then, if we if we already talked about it. Yeah, sure. Uh, as, so as we said, Tomas Martin Echeverri was the winner. He beat Vitali Sachko in the final 7-5-6-2. Um, an interesting final. Uh, that first set, it seemed like nobody wanted it. It was just break after break. Um, and in the second, uh, Sachko, I, th- I think he was injured. I, I, I couldn't quite tell what sort of injury it was, but he did have an, an MTO. Um, so the scoreline was a bit more upset there. But yeah, Thomas Martin Echeverri, his first title uh, on the Challenger Tour, he got up to the number 166 in the rankings. Um, so yeah, very exciting week for him, wasn't it? 
Yeah, as you mentioned, he was in four challenger finals this season, uh, semifinals. So, you know, it's great that he finally broke that barrier. And with what a win, I mean, Car Caruso maybe isn't in, in, in his best form, but this was the first top 100 opponent that Achevery beat and it was mm -hmm. very tight. So, so just, you know, it's great that he managed to do that mentally. We've seen a lot of players don't handle the, okay, the important moments too well, for example, at Wimbledon this, this week. So it's great that. <laughs> It's great that some youngsters, uh, you know, do know do know how to step up their game in, 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 under pressure. And the final, I mean, it was extremely tight. I think it was even tighter than the than the scoreline suggests. It, it was just a very winning all those long games. Like the at six five, he he defended three break points and then. Uh, he led 4-1 before that MTO and like three of these games included at least five deuces. So just could have went Sachko's way maybe, but then again, Sachko already made like three or four upsets this week. So maybe maybe that just was enough. Uh, yeah, but I mean, I, I, uh -huh. I, 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 yeah, I was just going to say that I did not see this week coming for Sachko um, at all. Uh, I mean, I, I sort of like, he's, he's one of these guys that I've been aware of for a while because he's one of these Ukrainians who live in Bratislava, train with a, with a club there. Uh, which is now the Dominika Cibulkova Academy, <laughs> but uh, it, it was a club before that. So yeah, I mean, when he, when he beat Martin uh, in three sets, I did not see that coming. Obviously, Andre Martin, not in great form, uh, but beat him anyway. And then he, he, he beat Moroni, he beat Rune. I mean, really good wins for, for Vitaly Sachko this week. Yeah, I mean, he he kind of broke out last year in Vienna when he defeated Herbert and then yeah. and then Dominic and played a very good match against him. That mm. was something I definitely didn't expect. I I, I don't believe I, I have ever I had ever watched a single match of his before before that Herbert win in the qualies of Vienna. So definitely someone who's been on my radar. He he already had a had a challenger final this year in Lugano. It's great that he can also play on on different surfaces because it's it's you know, Lugano was indoors here we have clay so definitely mm -hmm. hoping for more from this guy especially as he as he just keeps racking up doubles titles as well uh, we <laughs> we had Echeverry Sachko for the for the title in singles and we had Echeverry Sachko for the title in doubles so it's it's quite great that that Sachko managed to got it managed to get it and that he wasn't just you know left left without the title this week but in the last month he won three challenger doubles titles and each with a different partner uh, so I guess that just speaks of how, how great that period is for him. He just broke into the top 300 also. So that's going to help him get into challengers. This was one of the very few ones this year that he didn't have to qualify for. So so definitely an important step for him as well. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, do we have anything else on, on Perugia? I had something... Uh... I can't, okay, uh, yeah, uh, I, I I had Rune as my pick, which wasn't that bad. He he had some physical issues in the in the quarters against Sachko, uh, but definitely I wanted to give a mention to Nuno Borges, who's also been one of our mm. our favorites uh, this season, and he's he's just so unlucky. I mean, he led six three five three against uh, Baldi, and then injured his ankle, which, as it turns out, is actually a different ankle to to what he injured a, mon a month ago. So he has no ankles left. Yeah, he's now twisted both his ankles. And I don't know. I mean, hopefully he recovers soon because the, the talent is there. But uh, last week we, we were very 
know, we criticized his his performance against Oliveira, and then this week he, we actually don't have to even you, you couldn't even say something bad about his game because he was leading in one match and then and then just fell again. And hopefully that's not gonna be a, a problem that's you know that's gonna be recurring over over his career. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my my question is like, what are Perugia going to do about all these slips? Uh, it's <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, some Wimbledon humor. Yeah, but um, but it's important to to notice that slips don't only happen on grass because some people yeah. <laughs> some people during these two weeks seem to think that grass is the obviously it's more slippery than than clay or hard, but it's not like it's not like tennis players don't ever fall on on other surfaces. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, should we move on to Salzburg? Sure. Uh, yeah, Salzburg, the the, the biggest uh, event this week, with 125 points at stake, which were taken by Facundo Bagnis, the fourth seed, uh, against Federico Coria, six four three six six two. It's the 14th challenger title for for Facundo Bagnis, uh, which is just incredible. What, what a veteran of the challenger tour. Um, uh, he, he actually did the double as well, winning doubles with uh, Sergio Galdos. Uh, very impressive wins on routes to the title. Like he, he beat Seboshwild, Gaston, Jumhun, and Hari. All of them in the straight sets. Uh, just very impressive title from Facundo Magnus, I think. Yeah, the field was great, as a challenger 125 should be. And Bagnis is just having an excellent season, even though you know there are some limits to what this guy can do with, with the weaponry that he has. But I mean, 31-13 on clay, I think this season he made his first uh, he made his first runner-up finish at, at the tour level event in Santiago. Uh, so at, at at 31 years old, so so despite despite being rather on the you know in the in the latter stage of his career, he keeps on doing really well. As he said, 14 challenger titles is just mind blowing. I think six of them were in one season. Uh, 2016 so that, that, that was something incredible as well he's not quite there yet but i mean if he keeps playing like that he he might just keep doing it i mean and korea korea too i mean there were there were three argentinians in the semis uh, only south americans in the in the semis as well so that, mm-hmm. that, that's pretty interesting in salzburg especially as, the, as there's that myth that clay courts you know south american clay courters usually do very well only in south america definitely not the case this week and definitely not the case in in in, in the case of korea because he he's just managed three challenger finals in a row obviously there was that Wimbledon first round uh in there in the middle but you know that's that's definitely not the surface he wants to excel on, and and he he, he did so well to to get to the finals here again. He was always one of these players who, for me, it seemed like his ranking must be built on solid challenger runs, but it, it really wasn't the case. I mean, he only had one one title before Prostayov. Well, he still has just two, but but he he added another couple of finals, and right now it's gonna be that way that his ranking is going to be built on 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 solid challenger runs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I also wanted to mention those two other South Americans, especially Juan Ignacio Londero, who uh, I gave him no chances against against Cuevas in the quarters or even Taro Daniel in the first round, to be honest. He came into here with a five-match losing streak, lost almost all of his matches throughout the clay season, and did very, very well beat Daniel in straight sets, beat Vatucin in three in a very weird scoreline I see now. Six love to six, six love. <laughs> Not sure what happened yeah, there. I also missed that. And I'm I'm just like, what? 
uh, and then beat uh, Cuevas 6-3-6 love, which is quite incredible before losing to Korea eventually. But uh, Londero is is back, which is, which is nice to see. He's he's now somebody that we should watch out for again. And uh, of course, Nicolas Cari as well um, qualified for this tournament, beat Thiago Monteiro, the first seed in three tie breaks in the first round. Uh, BD Zilajka as well in the in the quarters and lost to Bagnes in the semis. So very very interesting tournament this week. Yeah, Rondero was a bit of a bummer for me because Cuevas was my winner pick. Yeah, both, uh, both of our pick. Yeah. Ah, you did Cuevas too. Okay, I I actually couldn't remember who you went for in in Salzburg, and that's why. Yeah, but but uh, a brave, well, hopefully Rondero plays something like in 2019 again because it was it was really hard to watch him in, in the past two years really, mm. and and Lehechka did did very well again. I mean, he's 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 really at the level to consistently make these quarterfinals at right now, which obviously I'm. Uh, I'm very happy for because because I, I like these aggressive young Czechs uh, as the as the listeners definitely know at this point. <laughs> and uh, I I had someone more uh, ah Gerald Meltzer obviously we we talked about him mm -hmm. last year that he was uh, last week that he was coming back from uh, to the Challenger Tour after two years and I think he had a very respectable showing against Korea. Uh, just looking at his res results, because I didn't watch him this year, he only played ITF qualies and first rounds. The, the results didn't really, you know, didn't really give me that much uh, hope or, or something that he would be a, a good opponent for Korea. But it turned out that he that he can still play, and hopefully there's gonna be more to come. Uh, you know, unlike Jurgen, he's he he still has a lot more years to uh, to succeed. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, should we go to Braunschweig then? Yeah. Yeah, closing up with Braunschweig, where Daniel Appmeier was the champion, beat Andy Laksonen, your pick, 6-1-6-2 in the final. Uh, it was one of those weird situations where the semis and the finals played on the same day. But actually, like, they, they had very similar score lines in, uh, in their semifinals. Actually, Altmaier played a couple more games. Uh, so neither of them really had like a physical advantage of, you know, spending like an hour less on court than his opponent. So I was very surprised by the score line, 6-1-6-2, kind of murdered him. Uh, but yeah, Altman didn't drop a single set throughout the week, beat Stany Kolaj, Vilaya Martinez, Emer, and uh, Meller to, to take the title. Yeah, what, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, I was very surprised to discover that it's his first challenger title. I mean, honestly, after last year when he when he beat Berrettini at Roland Garros, then reached the fourth round. I can't remember who he lost to, like Karen Busta or someone. Uh, I can't remember. But anyhow, I, I was pretty certain that he that he had a lot. But then again, this guy was so tormented by injuries in in such a young career that maybe it's not that surprising. But he's definitely a big talent. I'm very curious uh, how he's gonna do next week because he got a wild card to Hamburg and he's playing Filip Krajinovic. Uh, I saw, I saw the bookies had it like even. So. Uh, probably because of this week. In the finals, he had a great serving performance as well, nine aces, and it really wasn't a long match. I think I think it lasted about an hour, so uh, so so that was that that was something. Like Sonnen was, I guess, a good pick, but the final, I, I definitely didn't see that coming. And as you mentioned, it definitely wasn't one of these cases when when the one of the players gets really burnt out in the semis, and then and then he just he's just gassed for the finals because they just played, they just dismantled their opponents very easily. Altmaier played Marvin Meller, which I guess is a is a player to mention. He huge surprise. Yeah, I mean he keeps 
doing that, this because he also had a very good run in Hamburg last year, but then he just can't get the consistent results on the ITF tour. Yeah, like he... last week he, he lost to Matej Galik the, the, the week before this, uh, who, who's like a young Slovak guy. Mm. Um, in, in a British that was still ITF qualies, so for him to go and win three matches on the Challenger Tour <laughs> uh, after losing to Galik, very surprising to me because. Yeah, I just did not see it coming in the slightest. It was a Kental, sorry, not Hamburg that I that I mentioned. He also made the semis in a Kental in November November last year, defeating guys like Marchenko, Buckinger, Lehechka, Mike Schack. I don't know how he keeps doing it. I mean, it's just fantastic form whenever he comes, <laughs> whenever he gets a wildcard to a German challenger, but then does nothing all year. <laughs> I, I'm really not sure what to think about this guy. I remember I remember that round very well because Mike Schack was like a big favorite to win the event at some at this point. It was the the quarterfinals, and then he was he just lost very easily to to Meller. Yeah, and, and, and then in Brauschnack, we should also mention Benoit Pair, uh, who, who was the top seed with a wild card, who beat uh, Guido Andrade. He actually won a match <laughs> for once, seven five in the third. And then lost to Vít Kopřiva six one two six six two. What did you think of Ben Alper this week? I mean, he he was down three five to Andreotti, and I remember watching the watching the, the the ending because I was I was like prepared had a tweet prepared or something. And then he totally destroyed my tweet because he <laughs> because he came back to win it. And I mean, I like watching Ben Alper when whenever he tries hard. So and that was enjoyable to an extent. And then again against Copriva, he also had some good moments, but it, it just seems like this is the level he's at right now. That these players like Andreotti, Copriva, these these guys who probably belong around the 200, uh, 200th place or maybe maybe a bit higher in the in the ATP rankings, that these guys are gonna be really troubling for him. So I, I'm yeah. not really expecting him to show up more in, in challengers this season because it turns out that he isn't really going to be able to to win them anymore. What he should do is probably take a break and try to, you know, try to get a, a training block or something. Just just try to change something, but it's pair. I mean he's just gonna keep up keep 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 picking up the, the, the first rounds. Prize money everywhere he goes. Yeah, yeah. Pri prize money and I don't know. I mean I just I guess for the tournament it was quite nice because because he must have brought a lot of people watching and a lot of people to the to the crowd. So I, actually, yeah, I no, mean, there was no crowd, right? I, I can't remember if there was. A, I uh, think there. I think there was no crowd. So yeah, yeah. Because uh, I mean, it was, it was pretty funny. I, that, I, yeah. I I assume they just sort of like fit in with him playing Bundesliga because he did play Bundesliga for the rest of the week. Indeed, also, yeah. got in straight sets. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's doing great, by the way, pair. Yeah, anyway, should we go to match of the week and upset of the week? Yeah, I guess so. There was a lot to pick from this week, I, I think. Yeah, so uh, I'll start with my match of the, uh, match of the week. Uh, match that I didn't really expect to pick, but I did pick it. Um, Caruso against Koboli, 6-4-3, 6-6-3. In the, in the quarters, pretty pretty fun match. Um, Bit, bit of drama, um, sort of, you know, different generations of, of Italian clay quarters facing each other. So that was interesting to see. What did you pick? That's a cool pick. I, I generally enjoyed Caruso's run a lot this week. It was it was great to see that he can still win matches. 
and uh, I had a bit of a toss-up between two. Uh, like initially, I wanted to go for Gaio Kuzmanov just for the sheer drama. I think that's kind of what we love about about the Challenger Tour, just the, the crowd really getting into it. Uh, a very late finish because it was half past midnight. But I decided to opt for Monteiro Jari after all, I guess, you know, free tie breaks. I love that. And mm. there were there were some service breaks in the middle, of course. But I thought it was very a very high-level match. I actually did not expect that Jari was going to be so good on clay at this point of his of his return because obviously he 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 had some fantastic results like like the one in geneva uh where he beats very two or three years ago three years ago i think so, so maybe not maybe not that surprising but but i mean i didn't expect him to be to come so close well come so close to beat monteiro but yeah uh, for a while it seemed like he was just gonna give him a tight match but then he then he won just a very enjoyable match throughout i thought and for upsets, what did you go for? I have three. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I kind of struggled. I wasn't really sure what to go for. Um, but in the end, I went for uh, Londero beating Taro Daniel in the first round to, to sort of start of his run. Uh, I, I was sort of uh, picking between uh, beating Daniel and beating Cuevas because the Cuevas result was just so wild. Just <laughs> beating him, let alone have three games. I didn't see it coming at all, but I also didn't see him coming winning any matches. So I just decided to go for his first round match where he beat Taro Daniel. Sure. I I did opt, like, my first instinct was to go for Londero over Cuevas, actually. So I can see that. Uh, when I looked at the betting odds, I think the highest this week was was Meller over Nagal. But I don't know, for whatever reason, I just don't really trust Nagal right now. So it wasn't it wasn't that great for me. But I ended up going for Peter Heller over Francesco, uh, Francisco Cernudolo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's something wrong going on with Cernodolo right now. Maybe it's going to be better because today he, he defeated Leo Borg, losing four games in Bastad, but then again, it's Leo Borg. It's Leo Borg. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nothing great, but hopefully he's going he's gonna to recover somehow. But Peter Heller, I mean, he's a player that just disappeared from, from the map a bit recently, so, so definitely didn't see that coming. Did you Do you remember when Peter Heller was the world number one? Yeah, yeah, I, I was going to see that. That, that. That's the only reason why I know about Peter it was because he was the 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 ITF ranking number one when that was a thing for that little bit. Yeah, <laughs> he, he showed up in some challengers later because there were like five uh, places reserved for these guys who were yeah. high in the in the ITF ranking. That's how Nadelko, Heller, and I can't remember some some other guys uh, got into a lot of challengers <laughs> back then. But yeah, I, I definitely did not see that coming. And both of these, Meller over Nagal and Heller over Cherundolo, were very similar in terms of in terms of the odds. That, that, that was such a weird era of the Challenger Tour. For Forty-eight people draws. <laughs> these weird spaces. For, for uh, players, the rankings court. are an absolute mess. Nobody knows. <laughs> But you guys are just unranked now. It was yeah. uh, Chris O'Connell who was uh, unranked at the beginning of 2019, and then he <laughs> racked up 13 finals during the season and like finished in the top 200 or something. And, oh, and also, also in the qualies, there were just four players, so we actually had to win just yeah. one match to qualify. That, that was, was that so was weird. pretty weird. So yeah, but I guess I guess I guess it sort of made sense. 
uh, I like that that format, but the, I'm 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 curious if they were they are ever gonna change it back because the you know the the whole reason of introducing that was to have challengers done from uh, Monday to Sunday, in order so that the players can uh, travel more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Like the the quality started on on uh, you know on on, on uh, well, Monday. And right now they they start on Sunday, so I guess it's just one day. But it's it sometimes matters. Like like Sonnen, for example. I mean, it's not it's not actually challenger qualities, but like Sonnen went to play uh, qualities on Sunday today. So it's actually quite curious because the the challenger in Braunschweig was the only one that finished on Saturday. So if he was in Salzburg or Perugia, he wouldn't be able to. But I guess then no, never mind. That that doesn't really matter. <laughs> Uh, next next week we're gonna have four four challenger events. Uh, one of them is on hard. Three is three are on clay. Where do you want to go for go to first? Let's start with the with the highest uh, point one, uh, the one hundred point challenger mm-hmm. in Yashi Yashi. I assume. No um, clue. <laughs> I would read it yeah. somewhere or something like uh, similar. I, I always read it Yashi or. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's probably Yashi or Yashi. It's, it's in Romania. Um, we have top seed Ugo Gaston playing Nerman Fatic in the first round, which is quite interesting. Fatic had a quarterfinal run, I think, this week as, as, a, as a qualifier. Um, second seed is Enzo Cocon playing um, against uh, Bonadio. Uh, generally, a very Interesting draw. We 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 have Dui Idukovic with quite a good draw of playing a Romanian wildcard, Kretu, and then Kopil, who doesn't really play on clay. So so that's an interesting opportunity for him there. Uh Stenik Kolaj, I think, also has a pretty good draw in a section with uh Koako and uh Philip Lisian Giano. So yeah, w- what do you make of this draw? Uh yes, I just listened to the pronunciation of Yashi on, on on Wikipedia. I'm not sure how 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 correct that is, but I guess we're just gonna have to know, omit that saying that name because uh, I'm really unsure. As you as you mentioned, Idukovic, I think he's someone to look out for in this draw. He had a, he had some very good rounds in Eastern Europe last year, and he likes these you know he likes these these uh, despite his very aggressive game, he feels very well on on clay. Uh, Romanian wildcards are definitely something that I will look out for. Actually, Giano is not a wildcard, but Giano and Ionel are, are these two most promising uh, Romanian wildcards that uh, that I really want to watch this week. Giano especially now that he's had a few good results elsewhere. Uh, in the qualities, there is also one player that I'm hoping to watch. I didn't today, uh, but that's Alejandro Gonzalez. He had a very mm-hmm. few very good results in Naples, for example, on green clay this year. And I checked, and he actually hasn't played outside Europe since outside uh, so, uh, in Europe, uh, outside the Americas, uh, I guess, uh, since uh, September 2019 or October 2019, something like oh. that. So it's it's been quite a long time for him. Uh, he he was the number seventy in the ATP rankings in in 2014, uh, but I did end up going for a pick that's very familiar for me at this point. <laughs> I, I not, well, then I hope that we didn't go for the same pick because I did also go for a pick that I feel like you could potentially go for. Okay, who, who did you go for? Dimitar Kuzmanov. I, I did as well. 
Okay. Yeah. I mean, he has a very good draw. Yes. It's yeah, not it, like it it's not like I just automatically spam Dimitar Kuzmanov every week. I think <laughs> I, I picked him like once or twice. But I mean, I I am a bit of a an admirer of his talents, let's say. But in I think he really has a very good draw to make this to to make it deep here. Uh, he was quite okay the last week. He lost to Fatic. Uh, who I thought had a, had a very good run as well. So so that's my pick. Uh, okay, so I'm not going to earn any points over you in, <laughs> in this event. Okay. Yes, yeah, we, we, we cancel each other out. Uh, yeah, Kuzman, a very good draw, as, as you said. Uh, I think is definitely the favorite to make the semis out of his quarter. Starts against Peja Karstin, then has, as we mentioned, Lionel or Sanchez Izquierdo, potentially uh, Meligeni, uh, or, or maybe Sisling in the quarters, but neither of them are in form. So I feel like Kuzmanov is a pretty good pick. Yeah, and I uh, guess then we have then we have Amersfoort, the the one in in the Netherlands. We've mm -hmm. got Talon Griekspoor as the top seed there, and Botijman as Antrup as the second one. So so the Dutchmen are are the ones leading the field. Are they the favorites? Well, probably Griekspoor, yeah. Maybe, maybe on the uh, yeah, as I, well. I, yeah, I, I, I feel like the, the two of them are definitely the, the top favorites for me in this in this draw. But they, they um, don't have like Van der Zandstrom has a rather tough opening draw, I guess, against Oliveira. I mean, for I'm not I'm not convinced he's gonna do that well on clay. Like I know, for example, at Ron Garros, he here's the second round. But uh, I'm not convinced it's going to be that easy for him. We've got some very good opening round matchups like Bergs-Svensky or yeah. Koprivarosol is something mm -hmm. quite interesting. Although Kopriva should be winning this one pretty easily right now on clay. Yeah, on, on clay for sure. <laughs> yeah, Andreo Tsilhechka is, is one that I definitely look out uh, look forward to. Yeah, somebody that we're looking out for is Yella Sells. He, uh, he starts against JC Argon. Uh, he's been in very good form on uh, the Futures recently. Uh, won a 25K in Alkmaar two weeks ago and then made the final. Um, oh, no, so, so that was three weeks ago. And then two weeks ago, um, he made the final in the Hague. So in, in good form on clay, coming in from the Futures. Let's see what he can do. Uh, Aragon is a pretty good draw. And then he has Vatucin or Polmans, which are both very winnable. So I feel like watch out for, for yellow cells. Another another Dutchman that we that we had talked about a lot is Jesper de Jong, and he's playing mm -hmm. Marcel Pinard. Both of these players have made very good runs recently in, in challengers. Uh, de Jong obviously won in Almaty, and Guinard was the finalist in Exxon Provence. Uh, so that that's that's a first round matchup to watch. Our favorite Gustavo Elias also has a has a very winnable first round against Mohamed Savat. So that that's gonna be exciting. There's also one more player in the uh in the qualifying that i wanted to mention because he's one of my favorites to watch i have no idea how to read it in german but it's jeremy Jan, i suppose that's how you read it and mm. he was someone that caught my eye in 2019 where he had a very good season uh, lost in the uh, final at cordenons to christopher o'connell and i believe he only won two matches since then because he, his whole career he's been really tormented by injuries like he had two or three full seasons where he didn't even play a match. Okay. Uh, today, he, uh, he, after Cordenos, he only won one more, I think, in Biela. 
and then he uh, lost then he then he lost every single thing he played up until today when he won his first match in the qualies i'm not hoping for much but uh, the the, the one-handed backhand that he has is is wonderful and i i just i'm just excited i can watch him again <laughs> even though he's probably not not ready for for a comeback yet but that 2019 season was absolutely special uh, he had some fantastic runs in the polish challengers that's that's why i i, I liked him a lot uh, in in Sopot he defeated Mike Schack and in Szczecin he defeated Gianluca Mager and then played a very fine match against Ramos Vinolas. So definitely a player that has more potential than than he probably ever showed or or will show. Um, yeah, so sh sh should we go to our picks? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, so, so I was sort of on the fence between Greeks Four and and, and Van der Um Both of them are, I think, the, the main two favorites for me, uh, and both of them have kind of difficult early draws where, you know, Van der as we mentioned, has Kinar, De Jong, Eliash, Greeks Four has Bev, Stravinsky, Kopejans, and I have decided to go for Botik Van der Zandskulp to, to win this tournament. Okay, so we didn't go for the same because I went with the top seed, Talon Griegsport. <laughs> uh, I guess it makes sense. I was also thinking of Gastao Elias, but I don't know, that, that section is just really tough. I mean, Savat obviously has a lot of talent as well and, and I mean, he could randomly turn on, turn it on, and then Guinard de Jong, then Van de Zandt, then Van de Zandt, who I just don't like it that much. I went for Griegspor. Uh, one more person we didn't mention was Thomas Balucci, who's absolutely awful this season. Uh, I think he's two nine for the year. Uh, a couple of days ago, he retired to Liam Draxl in the states. He mostly plays in the states. I'm assuming he he lives there right now or something. Uh, this is just crazy. I mean, when you when you remember how how good he used to be, yeah. and and how I mean, I, I I saw him live a couple of times in in European challengers as well, and it was just crazy to watch Thomas Bellucci on a for example on a non-streamed court and being the only person in the stands. I mean, that that was that was just something <laughs> I didn't didn't get really. That of all the people whom I watched being the only uh, the only person in the stands, Thomas Bellucci was by far the best one. Even though the the matches weren't weren't really that excellent, I believe he actually did win that one. I I can't remember who he played, but yeah. And and anyhow, I mean that that we should check him out. He's playing Facu Domena and looking at his recent results because I haven't seen him in like a year. Uh, well, a year maybe not. I, I, he played a few challenges this season, but uh, it's not gonna be easy for him. Definitely not. Okay, uh, should we go to Todi or Nur Sultan? Whatever you want, really. Yeah, let's 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 close out the clay with with Toddy, um, where we have Federico Gallo being the top seed, opens against protective ranking Victor Galovic. We have uh, Vilja Martinez as the second seed, potentially facing Sachko in the second round. Although I'm not convinced after the medical timeout. Some of the names to find the, to highlight are definitely Thomas Martin Echeverri. And Nicolas Hari, who actually plays Gianmarco Moroni in the in the first round. Yeah, that that's a banger. I mean, that, that that's something <laughs> you have to watch as a as a challenger fan. I think Moroni against Jari. I have been hearing a lot of good stuff about Francesco Passaro. I barely saw any barely saw him play honestly. So that that match against Popko is something that I'm planning to tune into if I, if you know if the timing is right. Mm -hmm. uh, then Pellegrino Zapieri is a, is a matchup between two Italians that I really enjoy. 
also Lamazin Villar Martinez is is something very exciting and and definitely a match where the second seed is not exactly not exactly a, a clear cut favorite. And from the qualies, there was also that very interesting alternate, uh, Stefan Robert, who was playing for the first time since Indian Wells 2020. It was in March, obviously, last year. So uh, he played some exhibition matches uh, last year, but, but this was his first appearance on the court this year. He's 41. Uh, and, well, he lost 6-1, 6-1 to Putin Alida Almeida. So well, we're not going to watch him anymore this week. Uh, I guess we can just go to the peak. I I mean, I was really struggling here and maybe it's not wise, but I decided to go for a back-to-back challenger titleist in Tomas Martin Echeverry. <laughs> it's very possible. I mean, if he's not if he's not tired, the draw is kind. And I looking at the draw, I just saw a lot of people who could win it, but they're not really in form. Like I don't know. Moroni, Jari, Jari is a solid pick, I guess, but Pellegrino, Lamazine, they could they could all win it, but they're not really in great form, maybe besides Moroni and Jari, I guess. But I don't know. I just I, I just went for Echeverry. Interesting. Yeah, I I, I, did, I did not notice at all that Stefan Robert was playing. That's that's quite funny, because I mean he used to be old even when he was on tour back mm-hmm. in the day, uh, and now he's just old playing the occasional challenger. Uh, somebody we should mention in, in the quali still is definitely the 18-year-old Arthur Cazor. He could be a factor if he makes it through. Um, but I went for Nicolas Hari. It's obviously a very tough first round against Moroni. But I feel like if he gets through that, then, you know, Kachin is out of form. Uh, Baldi, Passaro, Popko, I'm not really worried about. And then section with, with Olivo, Villa Martinez. I, I, I feel like he can get to the final if he if he wins his first round, which obviously it's not a great tactic to pick your winner <laughs> out of a very first, uh, out of a very tough first round. But it's what I went here. It's yeah. what I went for here. So. We're sort of on even ground because it's also not a great tactic to pick someone who just won an event. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that evens out somehow. And then we have Nur Sultan, right? Yes. Yeah. The the third tournament in in Nur Sultan uh, this year. Top seed Roman Safiulin. Uh, second seed Denis Istomin. Uh, we also have Sergei Stakovsky being seated in here. A couple of interesting guys. Um, yeah, so, so there, there's also some players who've been quite impressive on the futures. Um, Ryan Penniston, Yusei Chung, Evgeny Karlovsky. We also have Andrei Kuznetsov still in the qualifying. Uh, also, yeah, I, I think I pretty much have confirmation that Dominic Herbati is still coaching Chun Hsin Tseng because he's in Nur Sultan right now. And I'm not sure what else he would he be doing there if he, if he wasn't coaching him anymore. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, what, what, what do you make of this draw? Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that's probably enough confirmation for me. Uh, Karlovsky, yeah, he, he did, I forgot about him, but he did very well in, in an ITF this, this week. I think he won it. Uh, mm-hmm. He was definitely playing the finals against Su today. Uh, he's someone that, that didn't do well at all earlier this year, but hopefully he can, he can turn it around. Polanski has a winnable first round matchup. <laughs> <laughs> were you were, were you thinking of going for him this this week or uh not this week no <laughs> uh, ah, yeah okay I, I can understand that i'm excited to watch lucas katarina too he's been he's been a beast on the itf tour just can't really break through uh but i ended up going for something well i i really had no idea what to do here 
So I ended up going for a qualifier. Oh? I'm pretty sure you know which qualifier that is. I mean, wait, hold on. Let, let me double check because, I mean, I, I already mentioned. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why I said that because I already, <laughs> because you already mentioned him. So I, I went for Andrei Kuznetsov. I, I think he's playing a bit better than his results would, would suggest, although I'm definitely not as crazy on him as I was when he beat Query at, at US Open last year. But uh, I guess he can do it. I mean, if he if he goes for the qualies, the, the qualifier spots are quite nice. Uh, Clark, Fu, Santian, and and Chung, I guess. Yeah. So so I don't know. It, it's anyone's game, really. Like not anyone's game. You know, Grigory Lomakin is not gonna win this. Belbit Zhukayev is not gonna win it, win this either. But like besides the besides the Kazakh wildcards, a lot of players could win it. But mm -hmm. I ha I have a bit of a theory on who who you went for. But well, we shall see. I mean, I don't know if you're—I I don't know what your theory is, but but I went for the top seed, uh, Roman yeah. Safin, in this in this tournament. It, it's not great to go for the top seed, but I feel like his section outside of Yun Sai Chung, it's Jaziri, it's Santilan, it's Polanski. I feel like it's a very easy semifinal for him uh, if 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 he if if he wins the second round match. Um, and then I mean, Stachowski is still mean like like I don't really see guys that trouble me there so much unless it's one of those futures level guys who really breaks through at this tournament but i feel like safulin was the safest bet for me so safulin it is yeah i i kind of expected hugo uh, hugo granier because you recently ah. went for him yeah and he and he did very well obviously this it's hard courts now but i don't think that really matters for him right i think he has solid mm -hmm. results all around but looking at that section now this is this is actually quite strong for this tournament katarina karlovsky su and granier karlovsky and su just played that itf final and then katarina yeah. and granier also doing very well uh as for safulin i just I don't know. He's just not doing too well. I but I agree that he's definitely the strongest player in that section, unless Andrei Kuznetsov qualifies. Two qualifier spots are in Safulin's quarter, so you know maybe yeah, we get we... maybe we get like a quarterfinal or a second round between our picks. Not yeah, it's, that, it's it's very fun when that happens when our picks go mm -hmm. head to head. I'm pretty sure it happened in uh, Braunschweig where Laxon and beat Kovalik. Ah yes, we went with uh, Kovalik, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's especially if it happens in like the second round, I think that'd be that'd be quite fun to watch that match with with that sort of level of investment for us. Um, all right, I, so, so just to recap, um, my winners are Kuzmanov, Van Zanshoop, Hari, and Safiwin, and yours are who? Uh, I went for Kuzmanov as well in Iasi, uh, for Griegsport, the top seed in Amersfoort, for uh, Kuznetsov, the qual a qualifier in Nur Sultan, and for uh, Echeverry in, in Todi. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to extend my lead back to back to two points, but <laughs> we shall see. Definitely, I, I, I really hoped that you know Kuzmanov was going to give me one. And right now, I, I already see that we're not. It's not going to happen. But it's still nice to to have more points because we started really well. I thought. Yeah, then we sort of sputtered for yeah. a couple of weeks. And... There was there was that period when there were five challengers per week, and yeah, we, didn't get we scored no points. Like in in the first five episodes, I think we scored all, all of our points. Like besides that that point mm -hmm. on the Javeri that you just got. Yeah, and then it was just. Hopefully we're gonna do better because I I really don't want to like end the season with five points or something. <laughs> it's, it's super. Not, I mean, uh -huh. 
There, there, there's a lot of weeks left yet to go. So yeah, I mean it's super hard to pick out these these winners. Oh yeah. But I still expected like I don't know, ten at the end of the season. Hopefully it's still gonna happen. Uh, anyhow, I guess that's what we're gonna finish on today. Uh, thanks for listening and see you next week when we're gonna talk about Yasi, Amersfoort, Dur Sultan, and Toddy. Bye. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed another edition of our ATP Challenger-centric podcast with Damien Kust and Jakob Bobro. Be on the lookout for more content from Damien. If you're not already reading his work on our website, CrackRackets.com, he's written about the young checks. He's written now about the lack of one-handed backhands we now see in the women's game, some of the causes for that recent trend. He's also written some other fantastic pieces, and of course, he hosts this podcast for us each and every week to find all of his content head on over to the website crackrackets.com and as always a huge thank you to both he and Jakob for their continued work here on the show of course this is what's happening at the ATP Challenger Tour we all know on the ATP WTA Tours we're coming off of the year's third Grand Slam Wimbledon in the books if you missed any of it you can catch up on it all on our website crackrackets.com you're wondering what's going down this week rest assured we cover all of that on Monday's mini break episode as well we've got some cracked in interviews I'm really excited to share with all of you listeners in the pipeline some other fun projects some articles coming up on our website crackrackets.com we are ready to rock and roll down the home stretch of this 2021 season and that's really where we are clay season in the books grass season in the books initial hardcourt summer in the books now we've got the American hardcourt summer some fun action of course Olympic games as well we hope all of you continue to tune into everything that's happening in the tennis world with us here at Cracked Rackets. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producers, Max Fligner and Daniel Westoff for the of an editing job they do day in, day out. A shout out as well to our friends at Turner Tennis. Remember, contact sales at uniquesports.com or call 800-554-3707. Of course, if you need the more immediate updates, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, we are at Cracked Rackets. You want to message me directly. I am at Great Shot Pod. But with all that said, for our wonderful hosts, Damien Kust, Jakob Bobro, our super producers, Max Flingner and Daniel Westoff, our friends at Turner Tennis, and from all of us here at both Crack Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say? Hey, great shot, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.